When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back. We are, I'd like to say better than ever, but we're as average as usual. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Shannon White and Tony Defio, too. Gentlemen, how are you? You guys are making some fun hand signals here. Tony, what's up? I am fantastic. Uh, How how are you, Brian? How are you, Shannon? Um, I'm doing great tonight. Yeah, I'm doing great tonight. Awesome. Even though, and by the way, this show is the Steelers Hangover. It's the show where sometimes you've got a hangover, you're out, you're partying like it's 1999, and you're just having a great time, and you don't care. You're waving your hands in the air like you just don't care, and it feels good because you're having a great night. You wake up the night, next day you're like, oh, but, wow, that was a great, uh, great night. Then you've got the face down and a puddle of your own drool and just saying, oh, what have I done? There's different kinds of hangovers. And so all I've got to say is this one's kind of in between, an interesting one, as the Steelers go down to the Los Angeles Chargers in the City of Angels by the score of 41 to 37. Gentlemen, what is your initial reaction of the way that game started and the way that game ended. I'm going to start with Shannon White. I think they learned a lot about the intestinal fortitude of the team, the makeup of the team, uh, the fact that being can put up numbers and put points on the board, uh, even when he doesn't have all the full complement of his uh, team, you know, the talent around him. Uh, they they made plays to at least remain competitive, uh, even without the superstars on defense besides Hayward. So I think they answered some questions that if they could get healthy and continue to develop, then 
then they can be a playoff team if and be dangerous if they get in. Tony, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, if you would have went, if you would have told me in August that they would be without TJ Watt, Joe Hayden, Mika Fitzpatrick, Tyson Alulu, Stefan Tuitt, Joe Hayden, am I missing anybody? That's five, five <laughs> of their probably top six defensive players mm-hmm. in one game. I'd be like, wow, they only gave up 41 points. So, you know, I, I was, it, it was interesting that they, that they hung in there the way they did because, you know, they really could, they could have just said, you know, forget it. We're, we're down 27, 10. Uh, it's, it's almost a four score. Let's, let's just call it a night and, and get out of here. But they hung in there and they, they, they came all the way back and they took the lead. But, you know, at the end of the day, the defense just could, did not have really any star power other than Hayward. And he's just such a, <coughs> you know, he's, he can't, he can't do everything. Uh, he did, he did, he almost did everything, but he can't do it all. And, and um, you know, it's just, they need to get healthy, like Shannon said. And and Ben, I think that's as good as he looked all year, and, and that's encouraging. But they, they they need to get healthy as a team. Otherwise, you know, it, it's going to be a long seven games. But if they can get healthy, I think they're, they they could, you know, contend. And, and, you know, not always lost. They still have four divisional games to go. So, you know, they're still in it. I am not going to say that the last – two weeks of the NFL season did not hurt the Steelers because it really did. It it put them in a position where it's just going to make it tougher. But you're seeing a lot of adversity in the entire, not just the division, but the entire conference. Who would have ever thought that the Buffalo Bills would have four losses this early in the season? I know it doesn't seem like it's early in the season, but yeah, I would have never guessed that they would have. And who would have thought that the Browns, everybody's darling at the beginning of the year, would have this many losses as well? Um, so with that being said, you know, th- there are a lot of things that we're surprised about. Who would have thought that the Chiefs would have not been undefeated? Who would have thought that the Patriots would have found themselves and are considered by some as a Super Bowl contender right now? Not all, but some. So it's very interesting, and things can change. But if you look at the AFC standings right now, the Steelers are at eighth, and they're not very far from seventh and getting back in it with another win. Now, the next two weeks are going to be very interesting for this team. Tony, I want to ask you first, what's the biggest contest out of the next two? Is it at Cincinnati or at home against Baltimore? Gosh, uh, I, I'd have to say Baltimore. I mean, they they can't fall too far behind. Uh, they're they're a game and a half back, but you know they have to they have to beat Baltimore at least once, right? So um, I, I'd say Baltimore at home. You have to you have to win that game. Of course, I mean, you, I mean, you have to win next week too. I mean, let's be real. I mean, you can't you, you can't you can't stumble for a third week in a row. So, but if I had to pick between the two, it would definitely be Baltimore at home. Okay, I'm gonna bring up, I'm gonna bring up Mike C real quick here. Um, I'm being, uh, I guess he does not agree. And Mike, I, I appreciate everything you say. Playoff team, playoffs. What a joke! They couldn't even beat Detroit. No, they couldn't beat Detroit. They couldn't beat Detroit without Ben Roethlisberger. They couldn't beat Detroit without T.J. Watt for half of the game. Joe Hayden, two guards. 
Chase Claypool, yeah, they they were down. Now, should they still beat Detroit? Yeah, but they didn't. And that's the thing. But Buffalo couldn't beat Jacksonville. Baltimore should have lost to Detroit. Baltimore should have lost to Chicago yesterday. I watched that game. You know, there's there's teams that uh, this is a very interesting season with uh, even the teams on the bottom have a chance to win every week where you never thought that they would. The Jets beat the Bengals this year. You know, so there's a lot of things happening. I think we get a little myopic with the fact that, you know, the Steelers are the only ones suffering and letting their fan base down. But if we were if we were here watching watching a Buffalo podcast right now, the last two weeks were brutal for that team. They're a lot mm-hmm. worse off than what the Steelers are. You know, so it's and they lost their division lead and the way they looked after they lost to the Steelers and then won four straight. I thought nobody was going to catch them. I was going to be surprised if they lost again, never would have, I thought that Kansas city would have lost four straight games. So yeah, I get it, but we've got to talk playoffs. This is not a team that's eliminated. They go on a two, three game winning streak. Next thing you know, they're back in it. They only lost one game in the last two. But I'm looking at some comments here. Um, Sixburg six, our middle linebackers are horrible. Um, yeah, they're they're struggling. Yeah, and we could talk. We could talk and make excuses about Devin Bush, which I kind of agree with those excuses. But nobody wants to hear those excuses, and I get it. He is just not passing the eye test right now. We're a lot of people are forgetting about. Sometimes it takes a full year to get better. And now I've got a buddy that will tell you, well, that's not, that was his knee and he should be uh, sticking with some of these guys and receivers better. He should be tackling better. You know, that very well could be true. Shannon, what are your thoughts on Bush? Because it seems like each week he's slipping more into the minds of the uh, media and the fans as Artie Burns. He's just really, it's got to be a lot of mental because at times he, he can, he moves well, not as good as previous, but it's, it's improved from earlier in the season, but he still hesitant. Uh, Last night he froze on one route across the middle Eckler was killing him last night, and that was his guy. He, and he was supposed to take him and carry him across the field, and and he hesitated, uh, and, and to where it was, you know, he was out of position. He had no hope of staying with him. And he, somewhere along the line, every guy on the defense, you could say, well, they made a play here or there during the season. But I'll challenge you: to, when has he made a play this year? I was thinking about it last night, and I can't remember a play, the big play that he made. Uh, sometimes you just get lucky and be out of position, but the ball finds you. But he can't make right. a play to save his life. So right. I think it's it just it's, he's overthinking everything, and, and he's not playing instinctual. And he's he's really a liability at the moment to the point that they, they really need to look at some of the backups, uh, whether it be Spillane, whether it be – uh, Buddy Johnson, uh, somebody, what's he giving them that somebody else can't? 
because right now he's giving them very little. Well, I do want to mention something else, and thank you for for saying all that. You know, I'm a Sean Hannigan says this right here, and it's on Facebook. So less people when it's a comment from Facebook, less people get a chance to see it. So I want to bring it up because keep in mind, if you're on YouTube, you can't see what Facebook's writing. Facebook, you can't see what YouTube's writing. So I wanted to go ahead and bring this one up. Bush hasn't been the same because of the leg, but he's making bad decisions, taking bad angles, and not reacting correctly. So let me ask you this, Tony. That sounds about right, but I'm still hanging on to the knee. This might change my opinion. What are your thoughts on Sean's comment? Well, I mean, I think it's definitely... Uh, he's definitely not making good decisions, uh, you know, but we have to remember, you know, it's, it's not that common to, to, to be at a hundred percent when you're after a torn ACL. Um, I, I think, I think, I think it's in his head. Honestly, I think he's, you know, he, he's always been a great athlete an explosive athlete. And now he suffered this major injury last year. And I think he's, he's just not, just not right yet mentally. And, and I think it's affecting his game because he's always been, he's always been kind of the quarterback of the defense, whether he was at Michigan or his first year or so here, he maybe not as making the, the, the splash plays, but he seemed like he was always uh, pretty reliable, but now he's just not, he's not reliable and he's not, he's not a great tackler. He's, he's Sean said, he's not um, taking great angles. He's not making great decisions. I, I think, I think it's, a, he, it's in his head right now. And, and maybe Shannon said, maybe it's time to see, uh, you know, Spillane, I, I know he's not a, a great player, but wh how could you be any worse than what, what Bush is giving you now? That's, that's very true. So let me go ahead and bring this up. We had, we had a question earlier and the question was, who are some of these guys? A lot of people were very shocked to see a number 50 out there, and that was Delonte Scott. Also, there was a number 61, and somebody was joking, what's his name, Bongwater? What, what is it? It's Daniel Archibong, <laughs> who was who's a defensive tackle that was brought in as well. So, uh, you know, really interesting stuff. Uh, Kathy five Ford. guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and not only do? five guys, not only five guys, you're you're still Five missing pro bowlers yeah yeah you're still missing a lulu and you're still missing to it mm -hmm. you know i mean, well, I mean so yeah, those are part of the five that's what i mean you're missing like they're, they're probably five of their top six defensive players you're missing right now okay yeah i see what you're saying there um kathy asked our good friend kathy would minka have made a difference i think minka mm -hmm. makes a difference Especially on on that Mike Williams that. play at the end. But let me ask you about that Mike Williams play. How up in arms were you when they score when the the Los Angeles Chargers scored that quick? Tony, I'll ask you first. I was I was very up in arms because uh, I mean you know it, it's it's clear that it seemed like Norwood was not playing deep enough. I mean, right there, you have to be the last line of defense when you're the free safety and it seemed like he uh, Williams got by him far too easily. I mean, I was like, I was almost expecting somebody else to be back there to, to tackle him. And it just, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw him, uh, you know, get to the sideline. It was like, Holy crap, crap. 
there's nobody, you know, excuse my language. There's nobody, there's nobody that's going to catch him. I, I can't believe they scored so fast. Shannon. Oh, definitely. I agree with Tony. Um, when you have that many new guys playing, uh, Witherspoon was in there, you know, they tried to run him in there some, and, and he's just been lousy. And as soon as they see him, they pick on him. They picked on Bush last night. Norwood did his best Fitzpatrick impersonation, but there's a reason he was a seventh round draft pick. And Fitzpatrick was a number one round, you know, first round draft pick. Um, Fitzpatrick, they missed him terribly bad because he is that, uh, last line of defense. And, on that play, you send a slot blitz that hasn't worked hardly at all this whole year. They've actually not even used it, but they, they had to do something in the second half because they wasn't getting pressure. They had Cam Hayward and they had Highsmith. And other than that, nobody was getting any penetration or push. So they got desperate and they tried something. But in that case, with that many new guys in the secondary and, and on the defense, you're – a busted coverage or blow coverage is quite possible. Two guys went with the inside route, leaving him wide open down the sidelines. And on top of that, Norwood, being new to the position, wasn't playing deep enough, then took a bad angle. So when you said would Fitzpatrick have made a difference, even without what, I think Fitzpatrick would have made a huge difference last night. If we'd had both guys, you know, obviously, I believe that that would not have happened, not 41 points. But uh, yeah, I, I was I was shocked that they were that aggressive in that part of the game with that many new faces. Justin Herbert was he that awesome, or was it a situation where the Steelers make him look better than he is, Tony? Oh, he's awesome. I mean, the, the talent's evident. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's got a great arm. I mean, he can fit it in anywhere, and of course, he's a, he can run. But I mean. When you're a great, when you're awesome, you're going to take advantage of of a depleted defense, and that's what he did. A young guy or not, he he, he took he took advantage of a depleted defense, just like any talented quarterback would. would. He's just he just happens to be really young, so we're still we're still maybe skeptical of 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 him as a player. But you know, I I think he's that good. I I think he's phenomenal. I, I really do, and I've thought yeah. that all along, <laughs> uh, Shannon. So. What's the main play from this game that you think really – it's tough to take one, but you think really set the Steelers back in this game? Uh, just a single play? Yeah, just which one Which one do you want back? Mm, um I, did, I was really upset with the fourth down pass, the fade into the corner with Claypool. Not even the call, not even the execution, but the fact that there was a blatant pass interference on Samuel that they did not call. And because Claypool has five inches to six inches on Samuels, and he Damn was getting goodness. ready to – yeah, he was getting yeah. ready to elevate, and Samuels had his back hammer and had a hold of him to where he couldn't elevate at all. And it was it was so obvious, but where the ref was standing, he didn't – I guess he couldn't see it. So I think that was a, a – because they knew they were going to have to score points, and that's why they went for it instead of taking the three points 
they was trying to score a touchdown since they were down there. Uh, so I think that that non-call or non-penalty really, uh, I, I'd like to have that opportunity back in where they would actually see that penalty. All right. Second drive of the game. Tony, are you going for three or are you going for seven on fourth and two? I agree with Shannon. I think that I think they had to go for seven because it, it was going to be hard to, to shut the Chargers down, uh, and hold them, you know, under under thirty some forty points when they wound up at forty one. I think you had to go for it. Um, I, I, you know, obviously the, the play call they, it wasn't executed uh, properly. But you know, if I had to pick one play, it would be the the thirty seven yarder to Claypool I think you know if he hits them and they said it right away I'm all, it's not like I'm I'm breaking any ground here if if he doesn't under underthrow Claypool there it's a touchdown but what are you going to do I mean it's it they still had a first and goal at the five but if I had one play it would be that one I, I, I wish Ben would have had a little bit more oomph on the on the ball there but he still played my, a great game so my best friend since I was ten years old was at the game yesterday in Los Angeles he and his wife went. And his wife's never been to an NFL game. And when they threw, when Ben threw that pass to Claypool, she yells, she gets up and yells, he's wide open. And, and they, they were, everybody was thinking touchdown. And he said in that stadium, the Chargers receivers were wide open all day, but Claypool would have been gone. And I think that's, I'm glad you brought that one up, Tony, because a lot of people are forgetting about that that particular play. And it's funny because we talk about, we complain about, we complain about different things and, oh, I mean, gosh, offsetting penalties. My gosh. So really yesterday there was an offsetting penalty that really helped the Steelers. We've seen it kill the Steelers before. The one on Los Angeles was blatant. The one on the Steelers wasn't. So they had to they had to go turn around and punt again, and the Steelers block a punt. So it's really interesting how how that goes. So as far as watching this game yesterday, this is going to set everybody in the live chat off. Uh, so I I appreciate that, and mm-hmm. uh, come at me, that's fine. But here's here's the question for you: What did you expect going into this game with all of these guys out? What did you want? How many of you picked against the Steelers going into this game? Shannon, I don't know what your pick was. Tony, I don't know what your pick was. What was your pick, Shannon? I picked the Steelers to win, and I said it would be dependent on if High Smith could uh, have an effective game getting, you know, doing his best TJ Watt impersonation. So I picked the Steelers to win a close game. Tony, what was your pick? I actually picked them to lose by 24 points, and it looked like it was heading that way up until the fourth quarter. That's and, it? and that, yeah, and and that Kellebrew, uh block punt really turned things around. But I I didn't think they would. I, I wasn't expecting Ben to play as well as he did. I'm not going to lie. I, coming you know a week off of being out a week with COVID, not practicing, being away from the team, and you know he's been struggling really to 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 you know to be to, to find his old self up up to now anyway. I didn't expect him to have the game that he did. And I expected the defense to be compromised. I mean, you can't have those many, st- not just players, but stars out of the lineup, including your best player on your whole team and not struggle against a, a good quarterback like Herbert. So I expected them to, to be blown out. 
I picked the Steelers to lose 30 to 24. Does not make me any less of a fan. Doesn't make you even more of a fan to pick the Steelers just because you believe in them. Um, Eric Weidman says, I thought we could win. I thought the Steelers could win this game going into I wanted it. Them to win. <laughs> I wanted them to win. I thought they had the ability to win, but I've right. seen this movie a lot of times before. And it doesn't happen the way I mean that we think because when we think they should win, could win, we are talking about the reasons they should win. And that's that's a really real thing. Um, Wes says uh, he picked uh, he picked the Steelers to lose and worse than they did. Um, no one you know, I expected to lose badly. Um, let's see, I uh, figured it would be tough, but didn't think they would win. That was Charles Wigan. Um, BTSC jinxed the Steelers, <laughs> Brian Brown. Mm. Um, so you know, that's the thing. So, you know, we want them to win. We think we know they can win. It was like the Buffalo game. I knew the Steelers could win that game. I just didn't expect it to happen because I thought Buffalo was going to be this juggernaut coming in, coming off of an AFC championship loss. And the Steelers found a way to win ugly in that game, but they found a way. Um, Brad Jewett says, I never really lost faith throughout the game, but I got pretty darn close. Even when they were down 17, I wasn't done yet. I'm thinking, nah, you know, I'll, I'll give up after this next series. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. about, I really thought they can do some things in this game. But my question is, if a lot of you expected to win, it, excuse me, if a lot of you expected the Steelers to lose, why are you so mad right now? I know nobody likes the form, the, uh, excuse me, nobody likes the term a moral victory. And I don't think the Steelers are looking for moral victories. I mean, they're not. But when you see Derek Tuska out there and you see guys like that coming out, you know, as starters, you're like, wow, we should, the Steelers should be blown out of this game. And I looked at one point they were, it looked like the defense couldn't stop any, anybody. But my buddy that was at the game said it was really interesting because he was really close to the Steelers bench. And you could see when they had the block punt, how they just rose up. And you could see them like flexing their muscles and hulking up at that point. You could feel them just going crazy is what, what he said. And like getting ready, believing that they could win this thing. Um, so with that being said, why are you mad? Why should we be mad here? I know they lost, but if you're going to lose with with half of your team hurting, isn't it cool to see that they have the potential to put things together with a skeleton crew? And when that, when that crew no longer becomes skeleton, what they can turn into turn into. That's what, that's what I'm thinking here. Tony Merritt. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess people are, they they really buy into the standard as a standard and, and and as i wrote about this morning you know there are no as you said there are no more victories the the standings don't care about you know the injuries you know so i guess that's probably why a lot, a lot of reason why people are, are are mad um 
and, and of course, you know, the, the, everybody else in the division won on Sunday and the Ravens, the way they won was kind of annoying. So that's probably, that's probably has a lot to do with it too. But I just think, you know, people, people have to have better, you know, I hate to say be more realistic because, but, but they do, because I mean, it's like when you lose that, when you have that much star power out, I don't care, you know, what slogans you have, like the standard is the standard. It doesn't matter. You're not going to replace all that talent. So I, I just think, I, th- I think people, you know, they talk about the backups and they, they act like the Steelers have the worst depth in the league, but everybody's depth is, is like the Steelers pretty much, you know, the days of, of having these, these, uh, these up and coming players waiting in the wings. It's just not like that anymore with the salary cap and, and, and so much player movement. So I just think people they're, 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 they think because you're wearing a black and gold uniform that, that you're automatically supposed to go out there and, and replace TJ Watt. And there's a reason why he's making $80 million guaranteed. All right. We are going to go ahead and take a break and we're going to talk more. And I'm going to mention something that's going to make you feel really good about this team. As we look at some other teams, we're going to take some of your questions and I am going to tell you why two bad colors are about to become awesome again in the Berg. Stick around. You do not want to miss this. We will be right back on the Steeler Hangover right after 